Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with New York jazz pianist Lenore Raphael. She talked with Neon Jazz about quite a bit like her latest 2018 CD called Reunion. The critics, jazz hosts, and lovers agree that she is one of the best swinging mainstream pianists alive today. Influenced by Oscar Peterson, Bud Powell, and Bill Evans, she has taken these influences and created her own distinctive sound. She's an internationally renowned jazz pianist, a Steinway artist, a radio host, and a jazz teacher, and she has been critically acclaimed as one of the best pianists in the jazz mainstream today, and for very good reason. So please get to know her and dig this interview, my friends. Thank you for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz. Thank you for reaching out and sending the music. I appreciate it. Uh, not a problem. I appreciate your playing it. Absolutely. It's great music. So let's start right in here, and uh, let's start with your newest album, Reunion. And is that what is the release date on that? Uh, it was in um, April 2000. Okay. Okay, wonderful. So talk to me about this album. What, what kind of creative forces went into this release? Doug and I uh, played together in New Jersey for years, and he went to Los Angeles. We lost touch. About a year ago, we um, found each other again, and we started playing and said, we should do an album, and I said, yeah, we should, so. The reunion concept is that the quartet had played together separately years ago. So reunion sounded like a good title. Right on. So were you born and raised in New York? Yes. Yes, I was. Talk to me about your childhood and how you got involved with jazz. (laughs) Well, okay, I studied that. Uh, classical piano for years, but my brother's a trumpet player, and he brought home uh, Clifford Brown and Maynard Ferguson, and I would listen and play along with it, and I thought, gee, this is simple, I can do this. So I was playing jazz for years before I even knew what I was doing. Just kind of switching from uh, classical to jazz, which was so, easy for me. So what jazz musicians early on were you listening to that really left an in- impact on you? Well, first and foremost, Oscar Peterson. And then, but Powell and Tatum and, you know, well, uh, Bill Evans, all the greats, all the greats, you know, so far as I was concerned, that was it. <laughs> Did you grow up in a musical family or what, what was kind of the reason that you got, I mean, when you're classically trained, there's definitely a start point that's pretty profound. Well, my brother played trumpet, my mother played piano and violin, so, uh, yeah, 
there was music in the family, but they couldn't improvise as I could for some reason. So for me, jazz was just, you know, obvious. There's people in the world of jazz all over the world that aspire to get to a point where they can make it to New York, whether it's a kid playing guitar in Israel or it's somebody in Kansas City or somebody in New Orleans or in North Carolina. We can go on and on with all the cities around the country, but you happen to have been born and raised in the epicenter of jazz in the world. And my question is this. Talk to me about your timeline, like, how, where was your first gig, and how you kind of made your way into being where you're at today as a jazz pianist? <laughs> My first gig was a fluke. <laughs> I had been practicing for years. One day I was going through the newspaper looking for a gig. You know, at that point, I said, well, I'm the greatest thing that ever was. Uh-huh. So, I should be playing in New York. So, I was looking through the newspaper, and I see a club called Gregory's in Manhattan. So, I called up, and I said, hi, I'm a jazz pianist, and whoever I spoke to said, what time can you be here? Can you be here by 7, 7 p.m.? So I thought, yeah. So I jumped in the car and drove into the night and stopped at the club. And he said, you start at 7. And I said, start at 7? What? You know, I got a gig. Two men walked in. One had a clarinet. And the one drums and they set up and they said okay start playing what do you want to play and I thought this is interesting you know at the break I went to the bartender and said they're pretty good who are they he said they should be he said, that's Russell Prokop and Sonny Greer, their members of the Duke Ellington Band. Wow. <laughs> that was my first New York gig. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, wow. Like, that's, that's like a big bang moment right there. <laughs> really? And that kind of kicked, yeah, and that kicked everything else off. Actually, I stayed stayed there for a year. It was good training. Were, are you? Have you always been comfortable on stage? Yes, actually, because my mother <laughs> made me play for people. You know, she would always say, "Listen to my daughter play," and so yeah, it was natural for me to just get up on stage and play. As time went on after that first magnanimous gig, have you just been kind of a a consistent fixture in the New York jazz scene? These days, no one is a consistent fixture on the New York jazz scene. It changed in the 90s. Um, uh, A lot of the clubs stopped booking jazz. And so then I said, it's 
time to travel. So I started traveling. What did you discover when you traveled? Like, you, you go from, obviously, New York is the, a, a huge scene for jazz, but when you travel, what did you learn in relativity to the New York scene about jazz in the country? Good question, thanks. I learned that there are great players all over, not just the country uh, anymore. Great players all over the world, actually. It's amazing how many great uh, players there are out there. With that in mind, as that kind of the context for my next question, how healthy do you think jazz is in 2018? You've obviously seen it develop for many years. What do you think's going on with jazz now? Are you comfortable with what's going on? Sure, that's my hope is that the college kids who are studying it will continue playing the music. You know, we've seen clubs close, but as soon as some clubs close, somebody else opens. So I'm hopeful, let's put it that way. Well, I guess the part of your hopefulness is being a teacher. My question is this. Who did you learn from? What did you learn from those that you played with that helped you teach younger players? (laughs) One of the best things I learned was if you make a mistake, play it twice. Because people think you meant it. (laughs) That was from Michael Longo, one of my teachers, who is marvelous. He is from Barry Harris, I learned, just keep playing. Play everything. Play classical. Play jazz. Play rock. Play everything you can think of because it helps, helps to... Um, just widen the scope of what you're doing. You know, I've heard so many good things about Barry Harris. It sounds like he was kind of a, kind of a titan of, of so many different realms. Yes, and a really nice person. Yeah. yeah, sounds like it. With that much wisdom, you have to be. You're you're one of those. I don't I don't know if I would call it rare, but I would say kind of a select group of jazz artists that also get to see it from my point of view being somebody that's behind the microphone. And my question is this, how much fun do you have making jazz shows? How enjoyable is it for you? It's wonderful. (laughs) I wish there were more. I mean, I'm working pretty steadily, but uh, bring bring them on, as they say. Uh, I I love it. To me, it's nothing like getting up and... uh, Playing. It's great. Yeah. You know, the one thing about being a jazz musician is that you get the chance to play with a lot of people, and you play with a lot of people over the years. But I I guess as you turn the tables, you know, one of the biggest learning moments for any musician has to be seeing other musicians and being moved by them. What jazz musicians have you witnessed in the crowd that really made a huge impact on you? As I mentioned, Oscar Peterson, actually, Ella. Fitzgerald, just her ease with an audience, 
her um, total joy with what she, she was doing for me. It was wonderful. And, of course, Barry Harris and others. But, uh, yeah, I would say Oscar and uh, Ella. At this point in your life, you've seen a lot of jazz mileage. You've been down a very long musical road in your life. Are you happy with how everything's turned out? Yes. <laughs> I'd be, um, yes, actually, I love what I do. I'm still practicing three, four hours a day and love to practice. And I'm still learning. So what could be better? And I get to and I get to do it all over the world. So what could be better? Yeah, without a doubt. So you spoke about loving what you do. So my question is this, why do you love jazz? It swings <laughs> number one. Total total self expression. Take two uh jazz pieces, say, two musicians, and it will be individual for each person. Take two classical pieces. The notes will be the same. The technique is different, but the notes will be the same. For jazz, it'll never be the same. So, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. Everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your fans, your colleagues, that you know yourself as. Who do you think you are? Multiple people, as a matter of fact. I'm a grandmother, and my granddaughter told me a story. One of her teachers is a big jazz fan. And she went to school one day, and he said to her, there's a pianist, great pianist, whose last name is the same as yours. And she said, yeah, that's my grandma. So, you know, so I'm different people, different uh, things for me. Mostly, I'm a great uh, pianist, a jazz pianist, and then all the other identities that go along with being a human being. Sure. Yeah. That's it. I, I love that story. And I think that's a great way to kind of wrap everything up. Lenore, thank you for taking some time off for Neon Jazz. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for the music. Uh, thank you. And your questions were great. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Lenore for her graciousness, her time, and reaching out to the program. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.